We're coming to you with the unspoken words. This is a Red Road Perspective. With humility, experience, reflection, and that unique style of indigenous humor, we discuss the issues that affect our mind, body, spirit, and emotional well-being as natives in recovery. Mobriety. Community, accountability, transparency, and service work. Uh, hope. Yeah. I don't believe in rockets. I don't believe in rockets. Hey, unspoken words episode eighty. The Jerry Rice episode. Hey, hey Jerry Rice. Hey, Jerry Rice still alive? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> You hey, like how we Jerry. just switch to football? Yeah, <laughs> that, we have to. We have to switch to football until we get to 91. <laughs> Everybody's probably waiting. Who is it? Who is it? Who is this guy? Oh, waiting, waiting, waiting. <laughs> Sorry, we can change over to American football. Yes. American yes, football. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, over here to my left. He's from L Jesus and he ain't even trying to preach. It's the pod god. He say what's up? Hello. 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 <laughs> and over here to my right, he's from Arrow Creek. Shooter JC McGavin, your favorite Indian. Say what's up? Hello. Hi. <laughs> and across the way from me tonight, special guests. Uh in person this time. Kathy Little Leaf MSW LAC. Say hi. Hello. Hi. Hi, everyone. Hey, it's good to have you back uh, this time in person. Well, it's good to have you. I know you're in town for a conference, um, and we can talk about that a little bit later. But uh, right now, oh, me, Mohawks Not Drugs from Arrow Creek. Yes, that is perfect. My headphones are turned way down. Now I can hear myself. Ah, hey. So now we're going to go into a game. Uh, a little bit of icebreaker. You guys ready? You guys ready with your theme yes, song? Theme song? Theme song? Theme song? I don't have a theme song, dude. Just play what uh two truths and a lie. Yeah, but you guys always sing your intro. <laughs> Go ahead, what, Randy. What's our, two truths two and a lie. Two truths and a lie. Oh yeah, two truths. You always lie. <laughs> you always lying. <laughs> I don't know if you're telling the truth or you're lying. <laughs> Cause you always lie to me. It's not just one thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's our intro. Uh, I like it. I like it. Yeah, this is for the 2022 first time, two truths and a lie. <laughs> These guys are running out of truths. That's <laughs> getting harder. We're going to have to start lying about the truth. Yeah, we're going to have to do two lies and a truth. Um, okay, so I'll go first, and then we'll go around the horn to Randy, and then we'll go to Kathy, and then we'll end it over here with JC. Um, so, uh, when I worked at Burger King, I had a customer throw a burger at me. I sang Hey Oz for people in Ikalaka, Montana, and, uh, I, 
I was dating this girl for a few months, but we found out we were cousins and we broke up. That I believe the Burger King one. <laughs> yeah, I think so. It's got to be the Burger King one. What say Burger you? King? Mm-hmm. Man, you guys are bad. Man. I was the. I never dated a cousin. You lie. Now I know what you guys think of me. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Have, have, have we all accidentally done that? <laughs> it happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness I'm leaving Alright peace out man Have a good episode <laughs> Oh that's cool No, so, what, no. <laughs> so you That that was a lie you never Yeah did. that was a lie Okay um, Cause I, I would say Like if you were in Burger King Like somebody threw a hamburger at you I don't think you can handle that bro <laughs> You'd be jumping over the counter What? Want some? Yeah no What actually happened was <clears throat> So I worked at Burger King for summer in high school and I was on the side that where the f- I worked on I was making burgers on the side where it was going out to the people that were dining in and the drive through was on the other side of where they were making burgers on the other side of like the yeah. table yeah yeah and um <clears throat> so the guy over there messed up on an order where it was like um extra mayo no onions and they put extra onions and no mayo mayonnaise on the sandwich and the customer pooed around and came in and she threw it at me because she thought i did it and it like hit like remember where they put those burgers and they slide down no oh, yeah it hit that and like came apart oh, oh it was a she yeah it was a karen oh man karen <laughs> man she was pissed and i seen that and i i just busted out laughing <laughs> oh not you girl not you I ain't talking about you karen that was Karen. Go back to your stall. That's my horse, Karen. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't calling you, Karen. <laughs> you got to go easy on that, Karen. No, I know, I know. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings, girl. <laughs> <laughs> hey, girl, you hungry? <laughs> I don't have anything left. <laughs> All right, Mr. Podgatti. I'm trying to get my... Uh, okay, should we skip? We can yeah. come back. Uh, you you want you got it. I can give it a shot. Okay, two this truths isn't and that okay. easy. I know. <laughs> All right, two truths and a lie. It's the first time I ever played this game. So, ah, uh, okay. Uh, I I've gotten bucked off a horse. Mm. I've uh uh shoot um I've uh karaoke sang my heart out and and uh like to d- and would like to do that for a living mm. and uh the other thing is i've dined and dashed oh man that's, that's good <laughs> those are good those are I'm good i'm gonna say dine and dash um um man i don't know I say karaoke. Karaoke. <laughs> uh, okay, that's the lie, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I have not dine and dashed. Uh, <laughs> you missed out on karaoke. I was going to say, like, I think everyone at this table has dine and dashed. I have you? No. You haven't? Oh. No. Huh. 
Yes, I, everybody, I, I guess them. everybody at this table has dated their cousin, though. <laughs> <laughs> we got to draw the line somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you just missed out on karaoke. Mm. It was karaoke. Yeah, me and him were singing. Really? Yeah, about 10 minutes before you showed before up. Got here. Oh, you guys are doing karaoke? Yeah, on his phone, and we hooked it up to the system. I had to hear my voice. <laughs> horrible nice. Horrible uh, Clear the pipes out Yeah Right Sound like two cats That got their tails Stepped on in here <laughs> But yeah So you, you got bucked out We're, Okay karaoke What's your go to karaoke song Ooh Well I do uh, Country Pretty good I say Old country oh, Achy yeah. Breaky Patsy Heart Klein. Thank you Thank you Jolene Patsy Klein Is, is oh. one of my go to Loretta Crazy Lynn. Yeah Yeah that's crazy. <laughs> that That's one of my mom's favorite songs. Do you ever oh, watch? Yeah. Do you ever watch crazy Nell? Song. That movie Nell. Oh man, said. Uh, remember have. she was she was singing that song. Was it about too? that horse? No, it's about that girl that grew up way out in the woods with her. <laughs> Welcome yeah. to the big show. <laughs> <laughs> it about with our horse? co-hosts <laughs> JC and Randy. <laughs> You got me doing that too now. <laughs> no, I want that horse. No, it's about that girl in the woods. <laughs> no, she, she, she grows up in the she grows up in the uh, in the woods with her grandma. And her grandma had like a stroke and can't really talk right. So that's how she learned how to talk. Okay. And then they find they, uh, they find it's that girl uh, that lady that's on. Um, uh, oh, I know who you're talking. Um, Jodie Foster. Yes. Uh, I was going to say. Yep. Dances with Wolves, but Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it stands with the fists. <laughs> what, oh, is si- that, si- what does that guy do on Silence of the Lambs again? Remember, what's his, like, catchphrase type deal? Which one? Oh, hello, uh, Clarice. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Are the lambs still yeah. crying, Clarice? With some fava beans. Buffalo. Okay. Anyway, you're gonna. I'm gonna go down that. That was a good one. What, but anyway, what, she couldn't what? talk right, so when she sang that song, she sounded funny. She sounded. <laughs> she said crazy. Crazy. She sounded crazy. <laughs> yeah. All right. I had to write mine down because I always forget which that, one's a lot. That's what I was doing. I wrote mine down. <laughs> okay. So the first one is um, I got bit in the nose by a pit bull. Bit my nose. That's the lie. Um, <laughs> uh, I've been to the house that's on Psycho, not uh-huh. the motel, the house. Remember on the hill. Uh huh. And the last one is uh-huh. uh, I ate bear meat one time in boarding school. Hmm. So, bit by a dog. Psycho house. Bear meat. Chihuahua bear burgers. It's a classic. Uh, I said uh, bit by the pit bull. I think we would have heard that bear story. patties. <laughs> bear patties. <laughs> <laughs> what if that was your, your high like school handle? Huh? <laughs> Here comes bear patties. Bear patties. <laughs> A psycho house. The psycho house. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what I was going to say. The psycho house. All right. Well, I don't uh, even know what that means. Well, you know that house on the movie Psycho, right? I've never watched Psycho. Oh, Neither oh, have I. Man. Really? Uh. Uh-uh. Is that the one with Christian Bale? That's 
That's Welcome like to the Vague Show classic. with our host. Is that the that's one with Orsaya? <laughs> Hello. The one with Christian Bale? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> hey, at least I said a name. A horse that and guy. girl in the woods. Remember? <laughs> Where's that one dress? Excuse me. Which no, no, this is it's an older one. Well, mm-hmm. actually, they had a remake, right? They did. They but, updated it. But um, the, I'm talking about the old one. Well, I'm not yeah. the same house. But I've never eaten bear meat. Ah, so you guys are right. Or who guessed bear meat? Nobody. Nobody. Oh, Nobody. Got him. Uh, I was going to say bear meat because that sounded like fooey. But I, well. Um, I don't know how it tastes. Huh? My kids. Do people eat it? My kids had a. I heard it, it tastes like human. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? <laughs> 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 no, remember they say that like when they skin a bear, it looks mm-hmm. like a human. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was just referencing. Oh, really? Yeah, they said it looks like a human person laying there. It's creepy. I've heard that. That's I, really my weird. dad told me. Oh, creepy. It's, yeah, it's creepy. Oh man, just can you do the head too? Yeah, they said like they skinned it, but they left like the head, and it would look like just a person laying there with a with a big old beard. bear head, bear face. Oh, yeah, I remember. <laughs> Is that your cousin? <laughs> that was your cousin. I never did a bear face. <laughs> <laughs> or bear patties. <laughs> Just bear digging bear. <laughs> Just digging bear. Just digging bear. <laughs> <laughs> a bear face. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's great. But uh, anyway, I was good to tell you that. Yeah, um, my my kids had a had a pit bull, but when he was a puppy, he, he bit me in the face. Oh, oh man, or mm. bit my nose, and man, it wouldn't stop bleeding. Mm. Oh, la. crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Technically, I've been bitten in the nose by a pit bull. Hmm. Scary. Them little sharp. Puppy teeth, mm-hmm. yeah. razor sharp. Yeah. Thank you for that. So, <laughs> moving <you>. along, <laughs> I think that might have been the first time I fooled everybody. Yeah. Wow, usually I can guess. Yeah, bear patties got me. Bear face. What's bear, that, Mr. Bear you Patties? Can, uh, <laughs> <laughs> bear patties. I, I tried to remember that Bob Marley song. Remember what you say? You can fool. Oh, you can fool some people sometimes, but you can't fool all the people all the time. So now that you see the light, hey, stand up for your right. We're going to get this one cut off, too. <clears throat> oh, oh, yeah. We're just singing it. <laughs> just we're, we're not playing Bob Marley music. <laughs> um, <clears throat> okay. That was... Well, good. huh? I was said that was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, you were. While working at Burger King, the manager jacked the store and the whole crew got fired. Right. I was fired on the first day of a job before. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that funny? <laughs> I know. You figured something out. <laughs> you know way. Please elaborate. <laughs> I am really good at cooking Italian food. I'd say the first one you you got the whole crew fired, or the manager got the whole crew fired. Uh, yeah, no. What was the last one? 
I'm really good at cooking Italian food. That's a lie. <laughs> There's no. <laughs> they don't have bears in Italy. They don't got bear patties over there. <laughs> I'll have to go with the last one too. <laughs> Dang! <laughs> Why I don't look like a good cook? No, you never. I don't know. I just figured that you never talk about. Uh, you never Italian talk about food. Italian food. You guys never had my spaghetti. <laughs> I, like, I like how you did that. <laughs> you guys never had my goulash. <laughs> Just because you use ragu don't make it Italian, bro. <laughs> Goulash with bear meat? <laughs> no, man. Um, I used to work at Burger King up in the Heights. And, and uh, the manager, like, it was just a real loose environment. Yeah. And uh, the manager, like, stole money out. Like, he emptied out the safe. Oh, and, dang. Um, I... Fortunately, like I was off that night. Yeah. But the next day I was trying to go to work and they just called me and told me not to come in. <clears throat> the they, whole crew the whole crew got fired. What? Uh, why? Like, the whole crew. I don't know. What? <laughs> yeah, they didn't say. Um, but yeah, he, So he, So did they close down for a couple of days? None? I not that I remember. I just remember that they told me not to uh show up to work. What? Yeah. That's crazy. When did you work at BK? This was like 05. Oh, 05. Mine was like 2000. Yeah. When I worked there. But I was the one on, over there on the West End. I, I was uh, a McDonald's man myself. The one you worked at McDonald's? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I worked at the one by over there by Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Starbucks. You're like, you really knew where it was too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I know the one by Starbucks is over there on King Avenue. Yeah, that one. <laughs> is there really one by Starbucks? Yeah. Oh, yeah, like, there is. Huh? Yeah, he, was talking about, he was talking about iMart by Starbucks, right? <laughs> yeah. So when he said Starbucks, that's what I thought of. So you yeah, got to I said, oh, by Starbucks. He's got like, there's just thousands of Starbucks. <laughs> like, yeah, that narrows it down. Yeah. <laughs> That's how the vague show was born. <laughs> yeah, but the guy, like the manager at the time, freaking stole all the money out of the safe and the crew got fired. Dang, did he? Um, I think he got, well, he, yeah, not think. I know he got caught. Oh, do you ever see him around town? I don't remember what he looks like. Oh, for real? Yeah, we were all young. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, one of those <clears throat> uh, jobs. Yeah. That Just nobody's to, doing good at. <laughs> Yeah, just to support your habit. Yeah. Yeah. I've had plenty of those jobs. Um, I was also fired from a local job here about 2015 on my first day. What did you do? <laughs> That's what I was going to It, it was crazy because I was working at <clears throat> down by the jail and we were doing like um, concrete, like making it and stuff. Oh, yeah, and yeah. then like the bag of rocks and uh, the landscaping rocks and stuff oh, like yeah, that. yeah. Uh, where I worked through the whole day, and then man, I forgot what happened. I, um, I told the guy like if I could switch or like do something with my time or something. Yeah. Um, like kind of change my time to come in or whatever, and I forgot what happened. He said something smarty, so I replied something smarty back, and he goes, yeah. "You know what." You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even, it. Dog, it wasn't even like 
serious. Like he yeah. said something smarty. I replied back. He goes, you know what? You're fired. Don't come back. <laughs> I'm like, hey man, I just got fired. I told my homie. <laughs> like, Good, for real. <laughs> like, yeah. On your first day, yeah, bro. It's like at the end of the day, it's like four thirty. <laughs> Did he pay you though? Well, yeah, they paid oh, me. I went in and talked to the HR, and they were like, yeah, we can't do nothing. It's <laughs> we can't do nothing. <laughs> You're on probationary period. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot what I told him. Like, I was like, can I, like, come in, like, later? Something like that. It was just something stupid yeah. like that, yeah. <laughs> Said something smart alecky, and I responded back smart alecky again. That's it. You know what? You're fired. I had enough of you. <laughs> like, man, I think it's better that I keep my mouth shut sometimes. Welcome to my world. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you guys think of uh, that game between Golden State and Memphis last night after uh, Curry said, uh, what was it? Whoop, that trick was there. That was game crazy. plan. Shafted. I know. I think Memphis is like, Took offense to that, yeah. And they came out and just whooped that trick. And I was without their star. I know. And he's like out indefinitely. Yeah, bruised knee. I beat him like fifty. Man, they were up by fifty five at one point. <laughs> I know. I was like, "What's going on?" Usually, when when you when I see games like that, <clears throat> like man, this is boring. But I wanted to see like just how much they were going to get beat by, so I kept it on. Yeah, I know. I. I watched till like halfway through the fourth quarter, and then I went to bed yeah, for the same reason. I don't think I ended up finishing it, but yeah, I was pretty close to the end too, and I was finally, yeah, that's good old fashioned ass whooping. Yeah, I think mine was in the third quarter. Beat him like a rented mule. <coughs> <laughs> I didn't even know don't what that hurt was. In, my muse. I didn't even know what was that that was in reference to. Oh, um, I didn't know that Steph Curry said that. And then I went be- went to bed and I started scrolling. Yeah. yeah. Bleacher Report. And yeah, yeah. That on there. I was like, dang. Dang, you shouldn't have said that. Yeah. But I think Golden State's going to win that series. I mean, they're still going to win, yeah. but at least those guys got their get back. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, do you watch basketball, Kathy? No. <laughs> no. No. Not an NBA fan, huh? No, not so much. Oh, I mean, okay. in Canada, it was like hockey. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, did then, you play hockey? Did I? No. Oh no! Can you but skate? I was. Uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. That was that was the thing. That's what we did. Everybody learned how to skate. Wow. Yeah. Skate before you could walk. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, <clears throat> you're on my, the ice. My my stepmother's from Canada, so. Oh. I mean, nice. they're like they're huge on hockey, and I like to watch it, but I still to this day don't know the rules, like. <laughs> I don't know, yeah. like, they, they make a call and they stop playing. I'm like, what just happened? What did he do? <laughs> yeah, Foul. What's that one when the puck goes way up there? Uh, fast break? No, I don't know. Yeah, like when the puck, like, oh, what is that called? Like it again? crosses two lines without nobody touching it. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but it, but that, I just um, know because we used to play NHL on the console. Oh, really? Icing. Oh, yeah, icing. icing is what it's called. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't like to watch, like, on TV, but one of my um, – my son, one of his friends, plays for the local club, and we went to a couple games this year. Man, it was intense. Just it that is. middle school level. It was intense, yeah. I was like, whoa, man, we were cheering. We yeah. were hooting and hollering. I was like, yeah. oh, okay, I get it now. Well, you know how all the the um, 
here in Montana, everybody, it's the basketball, right? Basketball season and um, uh, coming together for for all the the games. Mm -hmm. Well, back in Canada, all the reservations, everybody has a hockey team. Oh, okay. And they come together and it gets really intense, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So my uncle had a, um, and, Tasina or the Cersei Reservation yeah. uh, had a hockey team that he managed. And so it was pretty fun because we would travel. Oh, nice. And so, yeah, to be in person is really Yeah, intense. it's super intense. Yeah. Just even at middle school, because, like, we were kind of sitting right in the middle of both fans. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, yelling. Rah, rah, rah. I, know, I was like, whoa. <laughs> like little kids out there. <laughs> I know. Yeah, we, they, when I was in Chihuahua, they took us to... Uh, semi-pro Portland Blackhawks, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And remember, I told you that that they had that that board, and they would announce groups. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Such and such church, and then then they got to uh, and oh, they said Chamao Indian School, and nobody stood up, and because you know when they say your oh. name, everybody jumps yeah. up and cheers. Yeah. yeah. They said Chamao Indian School, and nobody, you know, none of us jumped up in that. <laughs> but then right after that, they said Portland's or uh, Oregon State Prison, and all those Indian kids jumped up. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Really luluing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was like, like work said, man, it was intense and then it, like they like in the semi pro they they fight more too, so mm, yeah. Like and you don't really I mean you see it in the in the pro game, but not as much as before, but like in the semi pros, man, they just Why do off. they fight anyway? Yeah, why do they get to fight? Yeah, like what's the I think it's, I mean, really, it's just really become part of the game. I mean. Um, and then they do they let them fight to a certain point? Yeah. They don't That's, just let them kill each other? No. <laughs> oh. I mean, sometimes it gets really crazy, you know, where they yeah. kind of out of, um, uh, gets too chaotic. It gets out of hand. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> but for the most part, it's like these scuffles. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it can get crazy. Again. Bet, yeah, yeah, it just becomes part of the game. I guess people just kind of like that. Oh yeah, you know, everybody likes to see a good fight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. <clears throat> sort of like, uh, like baseball. You know, if one of your guys gets hit by a pitch, then you know one of their guys is going to get it too. Technically, yeah. you're not supposed to. Oh, but yeah, un- unspoken rules. Unspoken. Yeah, it's kind of just part of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like it when in baseball when they both dugouts clear out. And they'll come out and they're pushing and the shoving. melee. Yeah, nothing, nothing really happens, but you should get exciting. Uh, YouTube, go on YouTube and look <coughs> at uh, Yankees Red Sox. They got some good. Oh, I bet some yeah. good ones in there. Yeah, there's uh old manager. Well, actually, it was crazy. He used to be with um, Boston, but then when he was with the Yankees, an old old guy. Yeah, Grady Little was his name. <coughs> Little old man, barely making it at the time. And he rushed the pitcher, Pedro Martinez, and he just kind of, like, he didn't try to swing at him. Oh, he, he just pushed him down, didn't pushed he? Pushed him down, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. But even them old manager types will get all up in there. Oh, yeah, I bet. It's crazy. Uh, even at Little League level with that baseball, my parents are super intense. I was like, whoa. And I watch videos of, like, parents, like, it was like T-ball, and parents started all-out brawl mm-hmm. on the field. And all the kids were just standing off to the sides crying and stuff. <laughs> Parents are scrapping it out. Killed it, huh? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, 
So again, yes, back in the house is Kathy Littleleaf, MSWLAC. Uh, she was actually on episode 14 last February 5th was when we recorded that episode. She was on the phone. She told her story. Um, but unfortunately, we had to take that episode off our uh, Podbean and other platforms. But it is on Listen Note. So if you want to go back and listen to Kathy's story, you can go back to on Listen Notes. Uh, episode 14 uh, You can listen to her her story there um, But at this time uh, We're going to go into our main topic um, so Are you guys warmed up? Yes sir Alright cool then So DJ Why don't you hit me with that beat Yo let's get into our topic Yo let's get into our topic Sleep with one eye open. Hey, one eye open. Did you see gripping your pillow tight? Your pillow tight. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. Yeah, <laughs> that sounded good. So Metallica, man, they need some backup singers. <laughs> Hit us up at unspokendoves.net. <laughs> you have to wear the tight pants, though. <laughs> no way. No, thank you. No, no thank you. What were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say, when you started singing that song, it reminded me of a story I just now read that when at a Metallica concert, as soon as they started singing that Enter Sandman, yeah. some lady gave birth in the audience. What? Um, yeah, what? she gave birth at a Metallica concert. That's nuts. Was it Enter Sandman? <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> Did they name him Sandman? <laughs> I don't know if it was him or her. Could be a her sand, sand her, her sand woman, sand girl, sand woman. Sand, that sounds evil. I know. Like dear woman. Hey, oh. hey, you oh. take that back, yeah. sir. <laughs> don't put that patties. bad. Don't put that bad juju on me. I know it's almost getting dark, man. Knock it off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this week we're going to talk about an article from Psychology Today, Songs of Subtle Suicide from Metallica, um, Self-Destructive Behavior and Ambivalence About Living. And this article was posted April 26, 2022, so just a couple of weeks ago. Um, <clears throat> and as always, I'm going to read portions of this article and then I'm going to get feedback from the Pod Gotti favorite Indian, favorite Indian, and Kathy Littlefoot. <coughs> so here we go. Oh, I'm gonna skip that first part. So I'm just gonna go into the the lyrics to Metallica's song "Rebel of Babylon" depict the pathetic existence, self um, aggrandizement, and death. Aggrandizement. Aggrandizement. Sorry, self aggrandizement and death of a drug addict called Rebel. No single act of shooting up is an act of... Oh, whoa. My phone just flipped out there. Okay. Uh, no single act of shooting up is an act of suicide for Rebel, but the pattern of behavior constitutes subtle suicide in which death is welcome. Even though it is not strictly planned, Rebel is slowly killing himself by living the way he does, and he knows it. In effect, he is playing Russian roulette. Any injection could bring an overdose and death. 
as the song narrator chides poetically, go take your poison ink, sign life away, then take your dirty spoon and dig your grave. Um, I'm just going to read this next paragraph and I'll get some feedback. Rebel's actions and attitudes suggest that he thinks it is cool to die young from addiction. The world we see him as a, the world will see him as a sensitive soul who gave all he could. The narrator mocking me imagines rebel jabbing himself with the needle and saying, kill me one more time. Stigmata. Kill me one more time. Neo martyr. Rebel sees the track marks on his arm as stigmata, the wounds of a crucified Christ. He believes he's martyring himself, dying for a cause. Uh, anything that really stuck out for you guys or some reflection as it relates to our own stories, our own experiences? One of the first things that I... <clears throat> the first thing... Well, I've had some thoughts about this, but one of the first thing that came up was that um, looking like a, like a co-occurring yeah. disorder or you know dual diagnosis? Um, obviously, there's some addiction, but um, to have that uh, thoughts of um, you know, the, the stigmata, the um, I don't know if you mentioned the Russian roulette. Yep, um, it's uh, definitely walking a fine fine line. So that would tell me that there's something, you know, mentally, emotionally, spiritually going on. Mm-hmm. That kind of makes sense. I think my last hurrah, that's kind of where my mentality was. I think like the last few times that I was out. Yeah. Um, was kind of like, I was too scared to kill myself. Yep. Um, although there was one time that I had a gun and, you know, was yeah, yeah, yeah. basically talking to my sister at the time and, talking um basically telling her goodbye uh-huh and i didn't say that in those words but somehow she she picked up on it yeah she picked up on it and sent my brother-in-law over um to come to the hotel but also like the last time that i was out i was just in this really dark place and <clears throat> like i said i was too scared to to do it to myself but i didn't really care if i died yep true, you know true, true. um just on that path of destruction mm-hmm. and that's that was the thing too that i mean when it really well it jumped out at me because it said subtle suicide and then lyrics of metallica and at first i thought oh great some goody two shoes trying to blame yeah. you know <laughs> some rock band for, 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 for but yeah. but like you know like the other song he talks about was fade to black and its effect is to it says it right there. Its effect is to uh, encourage a listener Life. to live, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, you know, to I guess um, go through those feelings in a positive way. Um, that's why it jumped out at me. But I wanted to read this other part too, like because it, it go for it. Um, it subtle suicide is characterized by ambivalence about living and a pattern of self-destructive behavior. Subtle suicide can manifest as something like a death wish. It is suicide by other means, especially through drug addiction. And I never heard that term before, subtle mm. suicide. Like, I didn't know what that was, but oh, yeah. I can absolutely, definitely relate because, you know, I've said it on the podcast before, like, I didn't want to live, but I was too scared to die. That's true. And, and rather than, you know, um, make it quick. Like, so I think, on, like, on a subconscious level, like, I just, 
was doing it in a slow way, just slowly killing myself. Kind of like, you know how when somebody's living a fast life, we say, oh, they got a death wish. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like we don't care how we drive or, you know, driving under the influence, um, doing drugs. Yeah. And, and, and it's crazy, too, because now looking back, like, remember those I was talking about, like, just before you fall asleep and you think about things like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, man, I went through that or I put, you know, put myself through that. And then you just kind of <clears throat> cringe. cringe. Yeah. 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 And I think um, with uh, just acknowledging Metallica um, and mm-hmm. having, I'm like a fan, you know. So yeah. uh, in my days, you know, being a teenager in, in the 80s and to the 90s, you know, it was, um, Metallica was a thing, you know, and, um, and I think with, um, you know, especially like these, these mm-hmm. lyrics here, and there's a mention of another song, and, um, uh, that had that, that sense of that suicide, uh, that subtle suicide. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, just in looking back, um, having had been such a fan of Metallica and other, um, heavy, heavy rock bands, uh, I think uh, for those of us that were in that time and having had that addiction, being a teenager, um, having had so much trauma, uh, this these lyrics really uh, related to those emotions and mm. where we were mentally, just that mental health, you know, just the... Um, being lost, you know, that sense of self-destructiveness, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. that sense that there was nobody who really cared about us. Um, so we were, in a sense, you know, very self-destructive, and we just kind of lived for the moment. You know, there was yeah. no thinking about the mm. next day or the whatever. It was just like today was the day, and that's all that mattered. You yeah. know, so I think with – um these lyrics and, and I probably just speaking for my own self, but I think um, it really played out or it, the lyrics in itself saying what I was going through, you oh, know, that's yeah. that expression. And just to be mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, with, with the metal, it's like loud and it's heavy and it's like, and so it was like uh, um, just this place to express, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's what Metallica did. But uh, looking at, um, you know, it's, it's other description of that, uh, how did it say, uh, death of a drug addict called Rebel. So describing that, that rebel and um, slowly killing himself by the way, by living the way he does and he knows it. And so that there is some of that self-awareness too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can relate to, that uh, I wanted to die, but I was too scared to die. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? yeah. And so, uh, yeah, just, you know, really, uh, there, there's so much, like, it, it's it's um, it's just amazing to, to look at this song a little bit closer than maybe I had, you know? Yeah. Definitely. And um, I'll read this next paragraph and then we'll get some more reflections. Thank you guys for sharing so far. It's good. Uh, but what was the cause? It, in his warped vision, he must see himself as sacrificing his life for his art, believing that only by feeling the pain of life so deeply can he create art. The pain, though, must be treated with the drugs, which eventually bring more pain than relief. 
He is thus spiraling towards death, towards martyrdom. And <clears throat> yeah, just to echo like what you guys were saying, all three of you, uh, I was that way too in my last hoorah. I just see myself in this whole article and not to be like projecting or stuff, but I seen other people that I was around. Yeah. And even today, the people that are still in their addiction, living this out. Um, and then it's, I like that you brought up like living in that moment. Like that's what I, that's what like when I was in my addiction, like that phrase, uh, well, YOLO was out heavily. You only live once. And that's how I was just kind of yeah. like living in the moment. But then when you said it just now, I was just thinking about, oh, that's like, that was kind of one of my excuses to like not be in reality, not being here in the here and the now was that YOLO was like, I'm just going to living for tonight. I'm going to get drunk. I'm going to get effed up tonight. I'm going to have fun. Even though I was just all by myself in my apartment. Drinking <laughs> half a G, you know? <laughs> YOLO. <laughs> you know, but I look back on it and it's like really pathetic, like what it says in this article, like how I was living. And I think that, like, I, I can relate to that too. And it, that term self-engrandizement, right? Like, it basically means you're glorifying what you're doing. Yeah. And I see that not only in myself, but again, not to reject, like he said, but I see it in a lot of other people. Like, um, what do they call it? Some people call it junky pride. Judgy. Judgy. I'm trying to be judgy. Yeah. I'm, no, I said, um, but you know, they some people call it junky pride, you know, like, um, oh man, I can drink this whole bottle by myself, or, yeah. you know. Or I can take this as one shot. Yeah, 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 like that. Like you're glorifying that self-destructive behavior, and then that in turn kind of goes to that martyrdom, right? Like, like, I mean, I mean, I'm trying to think of a, you know a good way to put it without being disrespectful to those who have passed on. Um, but yeah, like it, it, you know, we're just like I used to glorify that, like you know, um, you know, at one point being proud that I drank every day for a week. And I was in high school when I said that. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I mean, and, and I think for me that just, I had to think that way in order to keep me from thinking of the actual reality of it, which is like, we, like, like the part you read, he knew what he was doing Yeah. on some level, right? I knew what I was doing. I mean, people tell you that all the time. Like people told me all the time, like, you know, th what you're doing is not good, basically. Yeah. <clears throat> and so. Like, I had to tell myself otherwise, like, no, what I'm doing is, you know, um, you know, glorify that, my actions, and, and try to see them in a positive way rather than the inverse of that, which is, you know, negative behavior, which is what it was. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> just giving yourself excuses to yeah, just yeah, continue yeah. on, not really seeing, seeing it for what it was. Yes. Do you got something? Not really. I was just, um, I think that last paragraph that you read is like, it, it just keeps coming to me like how we lie to ourselves as addicts. Mm, mm, mm. Um, it says in his, own, in his work vision, he sees himself as sacrificing his life for his art, believing that only by feeling the pain of life so deeply can he create art. And it's like it, that became like his reality. Yeah. Like he deceived him. He lied to himself so much that that became his reality. And I think for myself as an addict, that's how I was not realizing that my choices and my actions was affecting, you know? Yeah. 
um, thinking that if I died, I'd be better off, but not realizing on the flip side that if I died, though I'd be better off, my family would be left and hurting. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. You know? Mm-hmm. Definitely. I, I think the, um, the, this stands out too, and I'm just trying to process this, but um, the narrator mockingly imagines Rebel jabbing himself with the needle and saying, kill me one more time, stigmata. Can be one more time, Neo Martyr. Ne- uh, Rebel sees the track marks on his arms as stigmata, the wounds of the crucified Christ. He believes in mar- he's martyring himself, dying for a cause. Um, you know, so it's just like so significant. So I think, you know, these lyrics are like profound in a way of um, maybe from this perspective, uh, uh, we're seeing the perspective of someone who's definitely under the influence going through the motions of going through that high and where they might end up putting themselves or, yeah. or where the substance put themselves in, in a mindful way or thoughtful way. And it plays out this way. Um, and just that relationship to a crucified Christ is just like interesting um, you know, that the lyrics are put out that way. Um, he believes he's martyring himself, dying for a cause. Um, yeah, definitely significant, just the whole uh, religious piece or um, spiritual piece mm-hmm. to that. And and I think, you know, acknowledging substances, there is a spiritual piece yes. to that too. You know, it's a... It, is a, a spiritual experience, you know, just in a way of um, having have ingesting the substance where it takes on a spirit in itself, you know, yeah. um, which is why, you know, through our ceremonies, uh, our elders say, you know, you like for a sweat, you can't come to the sweat if you had just been using it takes, you know, a few days, whatever, many days, four days, whatever, seven days to be able to come because it takes that long for your spirit to come back, you know. So, mm. um, so it's just really interesting, you know, and knowing too that when we are going through uh, addiction and, and that substance, it is a spiritual experience and yeah. um, things that we encounter too. And we can get really spooky here, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's true. We we do encounter yeah. things on a spiritual level, but. Um, you know, having opened up ourselves to this other thing that isn't who we are, um, you know, that that is a spiritual experience. Yeah, definitely. And as I read, read through this article, it just took me back to uh, what I mentioned before. Like, I was in my apartment drinking a half a G every day, still going to work and stuff. But there was a point in time, like, every night where... Like I was, I would, well, how he sees himself as a martyr and all that. That's kind of like that delusion mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would get to that state and I'd just be like, oh yeah, everything's going to be all right. And Randy mentioned it. Like, I'll be all right. You know, if I go, uh, I don't care if I go, you know, my kids are all right. You know, like thinking like that, just in that, just intoxicated to the max. You know, I've drank like a whole half a G in one evening half a gallon of vodka and just being in that state, but then, then passing out at some point, not remembering, but then I'd wake up in the morning and just be like, so glad I opened my eyes because I knew how I was thinking the night before. 
Um, you know, and I just wake up in the morning, like on the floor of the living room or floor of the bathroom or something. It's like, oh, I'm alive. And then like feel regret and remorse until after work and then go buy another half a G and do it again. Um, yeah, cycle. Yeah. That cycle, you know. And so with um, just going back to that, that um that sense of uh that spiritual experience you know just knowing for our own selves and how we can relate to certain um aspects of our own addiction um and losing our sense of self that identity right yeah. and that spirituality being identity individuality you know acknowledging the wholeness of who we are emotionally mentally physically spiritually uh we can relate to you know, what that was like and losing that sense of self and being on this path of self-destruction um, and also knowing now because we're all in, you know, recovery, right? Yeah. Uh, also knowing now and looking back to really understand why, you know, what happened to us. Yeah. You know, that what happened that we came, we became an addict or alcoholic or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. something happens. So yeah. going back to what happened to us. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And I want to get more into that. Definitely kind of like on the back end of all of this, but I think, um, JC, we had this conversation before we recorded tonight. Um, you're talking about hurt people, hurt people. You want to kind of explain that and how that kind of, how you tied that into this article as well. Yeah. Well, I was, you know, and reading this article, it says a lot about, you know, self-destruction, um, ambivalence toward living. So in other words, you don't really care about yourself, right? And so it kind of got me thinking, well, if you don't care about yourself, then you don't care about anybody else either. Mm-hmm. And so I think this subtle suicide can also, I mean, it has that, everything we do has a ripple effect. Mm-hmm. And the ripple effect, like what I thought of was the fact that, you know, um, not only using, which is, you know, at, at the top of the list, but also, you know, risky behavior and then, you know, uh, violence towards others. So, because like, like I said, you know, hurt people, well, the, I didn't say it, but, you know, it said that hurt people hurt people. Yeah. And if you're hurting you, and you don't care what happens to yourself, then you're not going to care what happens to the next person. So, you know, you, you might drive drunk and not care about all the people in your car, right? Yeah. Or you, a lot of, I see, you know, there's a lot of violence mm-hmm. on the reservation. You know, people will go out and actively look for confrontations, physical confrontations. Like, that's their whole thing. Yeah. And, you know, I told, told Josiah this earlier. Like, you might be the toughest guy on the block or however you want to put it. But eventually you're going to run into somebody who's... Tougher, right? Yep. I mean, nobody goes undefeated, but like that, that kind of. Hey, <laughs> 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 negative. But the you know, uppercut. <laughs> <laughs> and also, and also too, like, um, like, like as far as like your relationships too, like you know. Oh yeah. You know, um, we don't have any relationship <laughs> skills. And hurting your significant other, I mean, not only physically, but, you know, mentally or, you know, emotionally, verbally. verbally. Yeah. Um, And so I think all of that just, you know, that's kind of, I, in my own little mind when I was sitting, sitting there the other night reading this article and I was kind of going over it in my head and I, I, 
that was one of the things that popped up. I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on any of that. Yeah, and I think with that, I wanted to throw it over to the Pargati here. As far as like the ambivalence about living and pattern of self-destruction, uh, you work with those people on the street, and how prevalent is that with those that population? Re- say that again? The um, <laughs> You know, like the self-destructive behavior. Yeah. Um, that's no. kind of what they're operating in. Yeah, no, like I, I think I see it a lot because deep down inside they're, they're – um, they have a lot to offer. Oh, yeah. every single person, right? Yeah, but they're living in a in a place where that delusion has just gotten a hold on them. That mm. I think, and and obviously, I can't speak for anybody, but it kind of seems like they feel like what they're doing isn't affecting anybody. Yep, yep. Um, but really, the road they're headed down is is either you know like a long prison sentence or death eventually. Yeah. No, and I think that's like the saddest thing, um, especially being in that field, because working with them, I think for myself, like you come to care for them. Oh, yeah. You know, like you yeah. come to care for them on a real level yeah. and you're like, man, you see those flashes of life and you see how bright they really are. And you see like, man, how awesome that they are as a real like a person. Yeah. But they're living in a world where it's like they as soon as you start to see that, they stuff it back down. Oh, yeah. Mm hmm. You know, is that is that what you were talking about? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, and then some of them, I know when I was working out there on the street with the street folks, like <clears throat> some of them seen them seen themselves as like almost living as our ancestors did, being nomadic and stuff. Yeah. Are you seeing that too? Yeah, kind of like not um, having a hard time. Oh, what would you say? Like, there's difficulty in transitioning to a place of structure. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like they don't respond to structure well. No. Like they'll do awesome in the jail, right? Mm-hmm. Like they'll become who they really are. They'll, you know, they'll they're become sober. a person. They're sober, man. They're like vibrant. And then they come through the program. And then we place them in a place where there's a little bit more structure than previously. But I often find that they don't operate as well there. Mm. You know, there's too much rules. It feels like I'm in jail. And it's like, yo, you just got out of jail, though. Man, you were, you were thriving over yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> you were thriving in lockup. But you're like, you know? Yeah. But I think it's that. So it's like we, uh, I can only speak for my program. So what we do, we handle like the addiction part. We handle the treatment part. And it, we all know that it's not long enough, right? 30 days. Yeah. But what we don't handle when they do get housing, when they do get this like, what most people are looking for. What we don't handle is the pull of who becomes their family, mm. who became their family. Yeah. Because these people, they all have like natural relatives, but the people on the street have become their mm-hmm. relatives. The people, yeah. yeah. So that's the part that we, I guess it's kind of tough. It's that continuum of care. That we yeah. To really, yeah, no, I feel you on that. So they're just, you know, moving from camp to camp to. Yeah. And they're definitely. Free. Like what I see out there too. Oh, yeah. Uh, Those folks on the street, they're hurt. Yes. Really hurt. And they're out there, you know, and they're hurting. They're hurting others. Um, I can think of somebody like specifically this morning that I interacted with uh, this person. Um was talking about some recent losses in their life. 
but they were out there destructing. Mm. You know? Yeah. Not only self-destructing, but destructing property. Yeah. Um, destruct, you know what I mean? Like, mm. And it's like exactly what you guys have been saying, like hurt people, hurt people. And we, well, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, well, the, there was a, a word that we, was used in the article, cathartic. Oh, yeah. And um, I had to look that up. But it means providing psychological relief through the open expression of strong emotions causing catharsis. So providing psychological relief through the open expression of strong emotions causing catharsis. So mm. um, getting some relief through some strong emotions. So if there's some that self-destructive behavior, yeah. acting out, breaking things, you know, um, no regard you know, whatever happens, they're going to do whatever, you know. Um, So that would make sense because we can relate to, you know, through that addiction, um, through those strong emotions are like what we would call, um, uh, they're not supportive to our own health. You know, they're um, trying to think of my clinical term. um, uh, there's definitely the ambivalence mm-hmm. there uh, to any kind of um, healing or offering of help or taking help or asking for help, um, but it's maladaptive. Oh, <laughs> That's yeah, what it is. Yeah. Maladaptive behavior. So it's doing things that aren't supportive of our own well-being, mm. um, but it's an act of coping, yeah. you know, but, but it's not helpful, yeah. not helpful coping, you know, but even... And uh, looking at Metallica and just the music itself and through the words of, you know, some of those, you know, really deep um, touching on that, that suicidality through the lyrics, um, it was that open expression, you know, of strong emotions and, mm-hmm. and um, you know, the headbanging and the loud music, the guitar and, you know. Um, I still love Metallica. <laughs> we, we can tell. <laughs> I, and I Very actually... Very <laughs> are all right. <laughs> and actually, um, I went, when I attended a Metallica concert, I was pregnant. Mm. And I was like nine months <laughs> pregnant. Oh, oh wow. Like that could have been you. That was you that delivered at the concert. No, I, I was kind of wishing, you know, and, <laughs> because my poor baby, she was like moving around like, oh, my God. So I had to like leave my seat and go out and hang out. <laughs> but I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to have, I'm going to go and labor right in Metallica concert. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like later on, oh, I wish I had gone into labor at Metallica. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean. It, uh, that cathartic, it, it makes sense. That's a pretty, um, specific where it's a good descriptive word of, of, um, you know, that open expression of strong emotions. So seeing our, our people out there, you know, acting out or yeah. breaking something or being destructive, you know, that is an open expression of strong emotions. Mm-hmm. So there's something really deep going deep. on there. Mm. And that's kind of like, um, even like speaking on the spiritual side, right? Like, yeah. uh, when I first got sober, I had this question, like, why does this person keep making these, um, decisions, you know, to be using and, and all that. And, and we're in that dream, like I was by North park and on the left side by the tennis courts, there's a fire hydrant 
when I was looking north towards the rims, um, a lot of people know, like, there were, used to be a barbershop there called Marv's. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when that old naval station used to be there, remember? Yeah. Um, but I was looking that way, and I knew, like, I couldn't see God, but I knew he was with me. And he's like, all right, now look this way. And I'm like, all right. So I look towards the rims, and, man, there's all these different races and, and nationalities of people walking this way. Wow. Towards um, you? Yeah, towards us. And... Like I said, I couldn't see him, but I knew he was standing with me, like, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, what's that? And he goes, do you see that? And I said, yeah, like, what, what's going on? And, man, all these people, they were, like, Asians, blacks, natives, uh, whites. And, man, they were tore up, like, their clothes, you know, like a street person. You would mm-hmm. see real rough, mm-hmm. and you know they're going, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, and he's like, do you see that? And I go, yeah. And and. I said, why are they like that? And he goes, well, what you're seeing on the outside is a manifestation of what's going on inside. Mm. So basically, like, what I felt like God was telling me at that point in time was, like, they're, the way they look outside is what they're going through inside. Mm-hmm. Mm. And from that day forward, like, I looked at um, people that are out there from a different perspective. Yeah. No. Because I no longer saw the addiction, mm-hmm. but I started seeing like, okay, kind of like what you alluded to earlier, yeah. rather than asking like, why are you like this? It's like, man, what happened to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's, you know, let's stop putting a bandaid on your wound. Let's address the root of that wound. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's from a trauma informed perspective. It's, it's asking, it, it's changing how, how we're thinking about, um, those that were, who are going through some hard stuff, you know, um, those that were serving, whether it be in a clinical setting, um, you know, those that are, uh, on the streets, you know, but looking at those individuals as in a compassionate way and asking, you know, not, uh, what's wrong with you, but mm. what happened to you. Yeah. 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 So is that definitely like an approach that you would take, you know, as an experienced counselor Mm -hmm. to, you know, rebel, the one that's being talked about in the article? Yes. What would be like, I guess, what would be the first things you'd start taking rebel through if they were were your client? Uh, Well, I definitely, you know, from a clinical setting, whenever there is, um, uh, it appears like there is definitely like a dual diagnosis, but if they're coming in and, and they're, and the dual diagnosis being that there's an addiction and, and mental health uh, diagnosis, um, two of those things going on. But if they're actively using, you know, we want to be able to, before we can even address like the mental health stuff, we have to get stabilization and, mm. and with the addiction and um, getting some, um, you know, treatment and some sobriety so we can eventually move into that place of looking at the the mental health. Now, if if he is, like, actively um, suicidal, uh, then that is more of um, uh, an emergency. So this Mm. is, like, urgent. And so it's, you know, we have to uh, acknowledge, you know, those uh, mandatory reporting or getting Mm. that individual help right now. Uh, because they are um, a possible, you know, threat to them, their own self, yeah. you know, so we're always acknowledging threat to others, threat to self, um, 
harm to self, harm to others, uh, is that area where we would have to access emergency support and help. And, you know, I mean, those are our protocols, but again, looking at just like what uh, uh, you had described, uh, I think about the inpatient, you know, having someone have come out of jail, go into inpatient in their 30 days, and then they exit. It's not long enough. Treatment nowadays, 30 days isn't enough. Mm, It's just not. We need some longer-term care, and definitely Mm -hmm. we need, um, uh, how do you say, a detox center. Oh, Oh, gosh, we need need that, you know. In order to even address the the treatment part, like the 90-day treatment, uh, we need that detox support, yep. and it's just necessary. So the detox support, the, the longer-term inpatient treatment settings, and then some sober living. Yeah. Yep. You know, um, and we just really lack resources. We just True. really lack, you know, uh, all those things right now. You know? And, and that's absolutely true. I think, like, for myself, um, I went to a longer-term treatment but it really wasn't like a treatment. It was more like a sober living mm-hmm. type mm-hmm. of environment where they, part of your stay there was volunteering in the community, mm. um, cutting lawns, mowing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so you were active in that part where it kind of killed your boredom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. the idle hands not leading to destruction. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, but we didn't have the detox center. Like, mm. you know what I mean? Yeah. But you had the longer term commitment to the program. Yeah. And mm. once I, and this one was 60 days, which I feel like really isn't quite long enough. Um, but once I complete the 60 day portion of the program, I asked to extend another 60 days. Wow. That's mm-hmm. good. And, and I think that was um, what led to me being a little bit more. Um, what do you want to say? Uh, the foundation being a little bit more. Yeah, solid, stronger. Yeah. 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 When I came home, mm-hmm. because I moved into a house that had everything that I battled against. There was mm-hmm. marijuana in there. Mm-hmm. Um, there was alcohol in there. Mm-hmm. You know, everything that comes with it. But I feel like, it, you know, I wouldn't um, recommend that for anybody else. But that was my <laughs> journey, you know, like yeah, yeah. I had nowhere to go. Yeah. Yeah. I really didn't. Um, but I, I feel like that longer term treatment was monumental to me being successful in sobriety. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's definitely like, uh, I, the more I think about it is like at least six months of like treatment, kind of just reprogramming the person, especially if they're coming off the streets. Yes. Uh, just cause you know, they've been out there a long time. Most of them. Um, by the time they want help, you know, they need a lot of structure. Uh, I don't know. I just like say we just need to get them in there and brainwash them. <laughs> brainwash them with recovery, with the red road mm-hmm. preachings and teachings. Um, <clears throat> one thing as I was reading through the article and then having a discussion with JC earlier too, was like this kind of self-destructive behavior. I noticed that it sometimes it creeps out in different areas of my life as well, uh, whether that be from like, lack of physical activity, uh, poor diet for myself. Um, and I think that's where when I read the article, like those things were popping up and then I seen like, um, 
I kind of like pictured people that are living that way. You know, yeah. they're not necessarily an addiction, but they're just kind of like a uh, lack of, you know, just self care in a lot of areas of, you know, like I said, just because um, uh, I know like every day I try to address my mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual, those four areas every day. Um, and some days it's really lopsided. Um, that sometimes it's weeks, months, it's really lopsided, uh, which I've been trying to uh, be more mindful of lately as of late and trying to do something for myself in those areas. But I noticed that that self-destructive behavior still creeps up in my own life. Um, and I just wanted to see if you guys speak to that. Yeah. I mean, uh, that self-destructive behavior, it's like, it's like constantly working towards a balance, you know, we're like human and we're not perfect and Mm. having gone through all we have and in our own addictions and maybe childhood trauma and then getting to this place of, you know, recovery and we're learning about ourselves and learning about others and why things are the way they are. And that self-awareness is an everyday effort, Mm. you know, and sometimes, you know, we, we get tired too, you know, it's like, um, it's, uh, it's not, I don't want to say it's not like a, I want to say weakness, but it's, it's sometimes we might lose that sense of self-care and that's just a cue for us to, to really purposefully look at why we're not doing those things mm. that we had the initial goal. Like we're on this path and we're doing really well. Uh, whether it be like, for example, I'm trying to drink more water. Yeah. And then, but these past few days I haven't. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, <laughs> darn it. That was my goal, you know. Mm-hmm. But I can look and say, well, I've been driving a lot. So, oh, yeah. you know, traveling. But, you know, just a simple example. Yeah. But it could be other things too besides that, you know. We kind of get too busy or something we're, we're too stressed or stress is a big one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think stress is a big one. Uh, busyness is a huge yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Um, being too busy. I know like for myself, my schedule is just like picked up and then it leads to stress. Mm. And then I, I'm so stressed out that I don't care about myself. Mm. Um, yeah, which is crazy because like, I remember like just having like a recent bout, right? Like during Easter weekend, I think I slept till like noon one day, the the Saturday, and then Easter Sunday, dude, I slept like 18 hours. Oh, man. You know? And it was mm-hmm. just because I wasn't taking care of my... Yeah. Like, my body just shut down. Man. Then you were resurrected? Yeah. Like, <laughs> literally, like, bro, I, I woke up and I'm like, because I went to bed at like... I forgot what, it, it was fairly early on that Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, and, dude, the next day, I, like, I didn't wake up till like, 2.30 the next day. Dang. And I jumped up, and I'm like, oh, man, like, you know. And, <laughs> wow. dude, I looked at the time, and it was, like, 2.30, and I'm like, man, like, what happened? You know? Crazy. Yeah, so, I know that's that's how that stuff, like, creeps up, like, mm-hmm. just from lack of taking care of myself. Yeah. No, I'll see you on that. Yep. Uh, favorite Indian. What say you? <clears throat> well, I mean, like, well, you know me, like, 
for me, my biggest thing is I overthink. And the way my mind works, you know, I'm just so creative that, like, conspiracy theories about myself, right? Like, man, I just... So my anxieties aren't really even based in reality. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, okay, so... Okay, and this this is the example that I that I uh, was telling my sister was that man I you know I drink sometimes I drink a little too much coffee or energy drinks <laughs> and it makes you feel that you know your body your your that physical reaction right and so in my mind I have to connect that with something other than you know the the most obvious thing like oh man I just drank two cans of this Red Bull but like I want to say oh man it's because somebody's out to get me. <laughs> and then that's yeah, why yeah. that's why I feel this way. That's why I'm so anxious. Yeah. And then from there it'll go. Oh, it's this person. Then they're gonna do this. And then it's gonna blah, blah, blah. and pretty soon, man, I am on this wild trip of just whoa, whoa, whoa. And so I have to. And I, I, I literally say that to myself: stop, mm. relax, chill out. Look where you're at. You're Collaborate okay. and listen. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's that for me. That was that's it's still it's still the biggest. Like, like the thing that that reoccurs. Like, I just come up with these things, and then from there it just takes off, boom. And then I have to tell myself, like, this isn't even real. This isn't even grounded in reality, man. Lay off the energy drinks. Yeah. And so, <laughs> Lay off the caffeine. And so, like, and then those four areas that we always talk about, like, if my, if I'm not right in the head, man, then it it's, it mm-hmm. completely affects everything else. Like, yes. I, I start getting. A <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh man, I forgot where I was going. Anyway, so yeah, it just throws everything off, and then I, you know, man, I hit the snooze button. You know, just those little things, like mm-hmm. when I should be getting up, mm. or I'll be staying up later yeah. when I know I have to wake up at like Out five o'clock. Yeah, so yeah. like, like it just mm. kind of manifests itself in these different ways, and then, but the thing with with that now is like I am able to say, all right, stop, collaborate, and listen. Exactly, and then like I say, she's back with a brand new invention, and you know, just to like, okay, you know, start grounding myself in reality, like a reality check. Mm. And so, I mean, like that—that to me is—is that I don't want to say self harm, or you know, that that (laughs) that idea. I just turned this back on last night. I swear. Sorry. Uh, shit, I forgot what I was talking about now. Reality check. Reality check. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. No, I can totally relate to what you're saying. And the the good thing about that, I mean, I can relate to ev- everything, including the caffeine. <laughs> so, mm. you know, and then just kind of going all over the place, you know. Um, maybe it's because, yeah, for sure, too much caffeine, not enough rest, you know, all that. You know, the balance thing is, like, totally off for whatever reason, you know. But getting to that place where we kind of start, you know, spiraling here and there. But the good thing about it is, and I can relate to what you also said, and just, like, that reality check just kind of being like, hey, you know, wait a minute. What are you thinking? Like, what are you doing? Like, what, you know, and then coming back. Yeah, yeah, and then coming back and then, like, realizing, well, that was kind of intense there for a minute, but then, like, you know, 
and then trying to figure out like how can I avoid that in the future. Mm-hmm. But I always go back to the store and say, "Give me one of those <laughs> those three hundred milligram ones." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just take the cold brew with four shots. Oh yeah, oh man, you know, of all things too, is that cold brew is the one that really gets me. I don't Ooh. know for whatever reason. Yeah, like You're that. Good. That just makes me like. Do you make your own cold brew? Sometimes I do. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, because I just don't like, like, I try to drink it real quick like I'm on my way to work, and you can't really do that with hot coffee, so yeah. I just throw a bunch of ice in there. That way I can guzzle it down and get it over with, and then 15, 20 minutes later, I can get in my whole head trip. Oh, <laughs> see, see tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, Being exactly see like that. Like, but, <laughs> yeah, that's what I uh, I was reading, too. Like, caffeine does make you, like, more aggressive. Mm. Like, well, you know, uh, like. That's why a lot of places, like, like, yeah, no, like that, yeah, like yeah. more um, confrontational, almost. Huh. Yeah, I read a thing too that said that caffeine doesn't actually like give you energy; it just blocks um, the chemical that makes you feel tired. Mm. It doesn't give you energy; it just blocks that. Kind of like Narcan, uh. but coming down, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like Narcan. Narcan just blocks your receptors. Hmm. Huh. So did you, you take Narcan training? Yeah, you oh, can you come. Did? You can come out of your overdose and then slip back in if it's if you if you have too much. Dang. If you've done too much, yeah. Mm. Wow, I carry Narcan. For real? That's it. It's at my house. You don't always carry it, huh? <laughs> no. Uh, thank you guys for bringing. Um, your perspective on tonight's topic, the article, I think it was good, man. I was sitting back here learning from all three of you guys, all three of you people. All three, y'all. All three, y'all. Um, but no, it was good. And um, give me some horns or something. Just going to change the mood here a little bit as we wrap up the show. Oh, there you are, Karen. Come here, girl. How about this? Hey! Episode eighty two forties. No, I just wanted to do a little catch up with Miss um, Mrs. Little Leaf here. Um, how's it been since uh, we interviewed you last? Since episode fourteen. Oh gosh, well, lots of transitions for sure. So, like I said, uh, I think I said, um, or you said. <laughs> uh, so, doing. Uh, I'm here for a conference, mm-hmm. and so I've been able to. Uh, work out my business, Little Leaf Cultural Consulting, a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And so I do um, behavioral health programming development and uh, trainings in regards to behavioral health, mental health addiction. And uh, so I have a number of trainings right now. Uh, tomorrow, I'm also, I've been working and teaming up with Montana social scientists who mm. have been helping to get my trainings accredited. Nice. And uh, so uh, you know, CEU approved. Yes. And uh, so that's what I've been working on and developing trainings. And now I'm just getting out there more and becoming, you know, a, a trainer, which is awesome because those are things I've always done in the past anyways. But now it's like, now it's like almost like gigs, you know, yeah, have yeah, a gig, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, I love that stuff. Plus at the same time, I'm also helping with them. Um, behavioral health program development mm. and um, getting some contracts too, which is pretty cool. So it's just, um, you know, on my entrepreneur yeah. uh, goals are, are manifesting and 
That's awesome. Um, I'm starting or I'm trying to launch uh, my other business. I have a second business, Little Leaf Counseling, LLC. Um, I just don't know when I'm going to have the time. Yeah. So right now it's like uh, eventually I'll be able to provide some counseling and therapy. And the goal is to create a state of proof program. And uh-huh. um, I just don't know when I'm going to do that just because I'm too busy. Yeah. <laughs> too busy right now. But at least I got... I got that um, all set up and I'm working on getting credentialed right now. Right on. That's super cool. Yeah. So that was a lot of developments since Uh, the last time I talked to you guys. So yeah, a lot of things going on. Um, So somebody, you know, there's some, there's an addiction program treatment center that wants you to come in and do some training, educational pieces. Mm -hmm. How did they get a hold of you? Yeah. So they can uh, reach out to me uh, and reach me on my email. It's um, paganindian at gmail, P-E-I-G-A-N-N-D-N at gmail.com. Uh, or they can reach out to Josiah. <laughs> yeah, and I can he, get a hold of her. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Send some smoke signals. and <laughs> Yeah. Hopefully it's not too windy. That <laughs> right. Yeah, especially at Cupping. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, and that's where you're based out of right now? Cut yeah, that. yeah, that's where I'm based out of right now. So so it's nice to be back in Billings and uh, miss this place. And yeah, yep. you know, it's nice to be here. Nice to see Josiah. Nice to meet you guys in person because yes. last time it was over phone. So right awesome. I was going to ask you, um, well, a couple of things, but where did you see Metallica? In Calgary, Calgary, Alberta. Um, yeah, this was like way back. So... Uh, 1989. Saddle Dome? Saddle Yeah. hmm Yeah, I've seen a lot of concerts. Calgary was big-time concerts. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, a lot of metal bands, and yeah. And I've seen Stevie Nicks. Stevie, oh, you gotta, gotta you gotta love <laughs> Stevie Nicks. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Saddle Dome, yeah. So. I saw, um, what's his face? Not Evil Knievel, his kid. Robbie. Robbie. I saw him in the Saddle Dome. Oh, so you've been to the Saddle Dome. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, like I said, my mother, she's from, uh, oh, she's yeah. Sixaga. Oh, Sixaga. Yeah, from Gleeson. Oh, nice. So, Ooh. and she's in town too, actually. I'm going to have to let her listen to this one. Um, but yeah, we used to go, because uh, you know how they have that. <laughs> it's funny, they call it the Indian Village. Oh, yes. At Calgary Stampede. Yep. And yeah, her father had a teepee there, so they got free passes. To get in the gate, and then oh, you yeah. can kind of go to all those little mm-hmm. things where everybody normally has to pay. Not yes. all concerts and stuff weren't one of them, but mm-hmm. so yeah. we kind of had the free. I had a free run of the place. I thought it was pretty cool. Mm. It is. It is. And the Calgary Stampede is coming up in July. July. Mm. Yeah. So border is pretty much open. So if you guys can cross, that would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> if you can cross, <laughs> well, just say uh, no. <laughs> They might not let me back in. <laughs> you look too Canadian. <laughs> and the other thing I was going to ask you, and I think I asked you this last time too, but I want to, since you're here in person, mm-hmm. uh, Bannock or fry bread? Bannock. I knew it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what Bannock is and Bannock? It's, it's, it's just baked. So instead of frying it, we bake it. Yeah, it's like a baked bread. biscuit cake. Type and of then deal. you cut it. Yeah. So it comes out because, you know, you're going to put it in, in your pan. It'll be rectangle. Yeah. And just yeah. form it in there and then put it in the oven. And then comes out kind of crusty on the outside, but soft on the inside. Yeah, it's really good. It's yeah. kind of like fry bread, but not. not. So you make it the same way as fry bread? Yeah, you, would, you can make your dough just the same and then just put it in the oven. 
and so then it's just like kind of like a yeah. cake and then throw it in there. Yep. Bake, 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 not fried. Bake, not fried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. And then uh, in Canada, we'd have tea with it. <laughs> Anakin oh, tea. tea. You put like jam and stuff on there? Uh, yeah, you could. I mean, I always did butter. Oh, yeah, yeah, I gotta do butter. Yeah. Butter on Banica. Do you eat butter on fried bread? Uh, no, I just like, I just have meat and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've yeah. seen somebody put, put salt on it. Oh, yeah, I do. Put salt on your bread? <laughs> on my fried bread? Yeah, it must be a Canadian thing. I don't know. But huh. yeah, I put a little. F- uh, salt on it or some cheese or I don't know make me make me hungry mm. but <laughs> yeah you guys don't do my, honey um no see when growing up in Canada we didn't have a lot of fry bread not just mm. it was mostly bannock you know so yeah. once in a while we would have fry bread and um but not all the time it was mm. big big bread and then uh uh what was I gonna say about that um big bread and I was going I was going somewhere with that, but yeah, we didn't have a lot of fried bread growing up. They didn't have honey. Bannock and bologna. It's too. Yeah, cold you were talking about yeah. like salt. Bologna. Bologna. Yeah. <laughs> you throw bologna on it too. I slap some bologna and okay. on your bannock, make a sandwich. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they call a reservation club. Yep, yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. Get a get a uh, I some ramen had. noodles and dip it in there like a little French dip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Do you have access to ketchup chips? Can you get some? I can because I'm going to be going to Canada here, Canada here soon. I'll put in an order. Yeah, I, I want some ketchup. Chips. Are they really as good? They're they good. Are. They're good. They're horrible. They're good. <laughs> or is it going to be like the Tim Hortons coffee deal? So that's a, oh, that was going to be my Tim next Hortons. question. Like we're not sold on Tim Hortons. What? Yeah. Uh, I was like, man, this is just like regular coffee, oh. man. <laughs> <laughs> If you're a coffee connoisseur, you know there's a difference. Maybe now if I did, because I do really, um, my coworker, she calls me. I mean, (laughs) can I get that pinky up? (laughs) My coworker calls me a coffee snob. Oh. You know? Um, But maybe now I would. Yeah. But I did try it like about. Yeah, about, years ago No not that long <laughs> About seven eight years ago Oh that's a long time Like yeah. a whole You know we had like two cans And I'm like This ain't even <laughs> really that good And I started Went back to the Folgers You know <laughs> It's definitely a different taste I think it's like to me This is my own personal opinion Me uh, It's like Tastes kind of oily <laughs> But I like it I'll drink it Yeah mm. I'll put some creamer and sugar in it And drink it Next time I drink it I'm going to try it See if I could catch that the oily taste. <laughs> yeah, the oily yeah, I don't taste. like vegetable oil. It kind of oh, feels really? like it hits the back of your throat. Mm. Yeah, I don't remember anything like that. I just remember it's like <laughs> I wasn't too like I wasn't too sold on it. I'm like, yeah, yeah. it's not. It's good. good. It's strong. Because like, everybody mm-hmm. swears by it. Yeah. Well, I'm a fan. But maybe you just need to give it one more chance. Uh, I'll mm. try it. Yeah. Mm. I don't even care. I I just like my. Coffee, like I uh, like my ladies. Full strong, of blues? nope. Strong <laughs> and not bitter. <laughs> strong and not bitter. Strong but not bitter, and bad for the heart. I was gonna say dark and bitter. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Oh, I, know I, what sure? I was gonna, I was gonna oh, say go too when you, when you were talking about that is another thing. Like when I first went up there, I was, you know, about like eighth grade. 
and I went to we went to a cafe. I got a burger and fries, and they where's the ketchup? Mm-hmm. So they put ketchup on their chips, but they eat gravy with their fries. Ah. Oh, ketchup chips, yeah. Well, it's flavored. We don't actually. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I know what you mean. It's like, but but they didn't have ketchup, and so they had to go back, go to the back, and get some. <laughs> That's funny. Huh. Mm. Yeah. And they yeah. eat their fries with gravy. Fries and gravy. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Sausage gravy, brown gravy, brown gravy. Like, does I mean, it come in a cup good. or do they pour it on you, the fries? You will have a choice. They'll ask you: Do you want it on your fries? Or you want it on a side? Oh. <laughs> What's I probably do it on the side. I like mine on the side. Mm-hmm. Just put a handful of fries in your mouth and take a shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can. You can just dip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, well, why are y'all trying to take shots? Yeah, I'm trying to take shots. <laughs> Eat a fry and slip some out. I, I always <laughs> ran into that. Like, oh, that's really that's really interesting. You like gravy with your fries? I'm like, yeah. Well, what's you eat uh, mashed potatoes and gravy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Only it's French fries, mm. potatoes. I'm gonna have to try it. I, I might be down to try it, but I have some. I mean, like I said, it's good. It, it, it's all right. It's good. Oh, okay. <laughs> Did you use the gravy and ketchup? Actually, no. I think um, I tried both. Oh, like, or, yeah, good. I did try both. But I would then, do that. Yeah, a lot of but people not do. together. Pour some, some ketchup in do. your gravy and. No, I'm just Put some hot sauce in there too. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There you go and make a mad mix. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get hot sauce and ketchup and mix it up and dip your fries in there? No. I do that. Actually I don't you know, to be honest, I really don't even use ketchup that much. Like if I'm what? really if I'm really, really hungry, I'll I'll use ketchup. What? Are you sure you're from prior? I don't really like We put ketchup on our ketchup. Well, you know, we're talking about <laughs> putting ketchup on saltines. I never did that. <laughs> never did that? Huh. No. It, it's good. Put butter on saltines. Ketchup yeah, on butter. Pilot bread? Oh, man. Pilot bread. Mm-mm. There's only one place you can get that. Where? Harden. They're the only place that sells it? As far as I know. Mm. I mean, they don't have it in Billings. Not in Billings. All right, cool. Well, I think that's a good place to end the show on <laughs> Pilot Bread. Episode 80. Episode 80. Two forties. Two forties. <laughs> no, no buyers. On two, four <laughs> two four O's. Um Okay, any last oh thank you, Kathy, for coming yes. and gracing us yes. with your presence. Thank you. And uh next time you're in Bellings, we'll have you back on again. Nice. Well I totally appreciate everything that you guys are doing. So I'm a follower. So right on. thank you. I really appreciate being here. Cool. Yeah, turn us on on your travels. Yeah. All right, Definitely. right on. Just don't listen to the Halloween episode because don't listen to the October episodes. No, I was kidding. Oh, yeah, the whole month. more than one, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I think the whole month of October we did, like, scary, not, like, not so much scary stories, but, like, scary experiences we had mm-hmm. in our addiction. And, man, we were kind of spooked out till Christmas. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I, could, I totally understand. Yeah. Uh, I won't listen. <laughs> no, listen, listen during the day. Yeah, well, that's how I am, anyways, with scary movies. I watch it in the day. The night I'm too chicken. So, yeah, for real, for real. All right, cool. Well, thank you guys out there, our listeners all over Flat Earth, for tuning in this week. Please spread unspoken words, gospel, Billy Graham style. We love you. We appreciate you. And we are out. Shinnagooses. Later.
Yo, Josiah Mo Fire, aka Mo Hugs Not Drugs. Thanks for tuning in. Peace.